0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 164. Hello, veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I am very excited to have a guest. It's Dr. Joanne Connolly. And um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her before we get into the podcast. She graduated from the University of Montreal um, in 2001, and she was born in a small Canadian French town. She made her way to Florida over the years, and she accumulated um, a lot of life experiences, giving her a unique perspective as a veterinarian that she is going to talk to us about today. She specializes in better living and better dying for all animals, but also for people. She has written two books. One is called Animal Teachings and Animal Teachings Two. Oh, those are the two books, I'm sorry. <laughs> in which she empowers veterinarians as well as families and their pets to live their best life. And she um, also prepares people animals, I guess, for peaceful passing with dignity. Is that right, Joanne? Am I reading (laughs) it correctly
1: or am I? We're all the same. (laughs) So what goes for animals goes for people. And that's what I've learned in my journey. (laughs) Yeah. So welcome to the
0: podcast. I'm so happy to have you. And I'm so excited to have met you and um, learn about your life and your work. So can you start off by
1: just telling us about this journey? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, So I've always uh, loved the sun. So somehow I managed to cross over the Canadian border and found my husband, picked him up in New York, and then we uh, ended (laughs) up in Arizona. We were there for 11 years and um, then moved to Florida six years ago. So it sounds all nice and easy, but um, (laughs) let's talk about really how it all went down. As we all know, nothing's ever that easy, right? (laughs) No, um, one of my biggest, my biggest lessons has been that animals always know best. So learning to listen to the animals in your life, uh, they will keep you on track and uh, they're the best teachers. So being open to doing life their way, you know, they always seem happy, no worries, um, just enjoying each day like it's the last because it's true. We never know when this is going to end. So they've uh, they've saved me many times. They've uh, helped me put life in perspective. So, um, in two thousand seven, my uh, my dear dog Haley, she was about fourteen. She was a rescue, so um, she was an old girl, Rottweiler mix. And her time came to feel hundred years old, needing my help to go to heaven. She had a lot of trouble breathing. And I knew that taking her to the hospital in the car, she might just die because she had deteriorated very acutely at the end. So luckily, obviously, being a veterinarian, I could take the medications from the hospital and I was able to help her pass peacefully at home. It was um, very uh, peaceful, but very sad. It was my first uh, big loss. And I was a young veterinarian. And truly, I, I did not know what life was was going to be um, without her. And I felt like I couldn't smile. I couldn't laugh anymore. And then just a couple, not even a week went by and a friend of a friend asked me to go to her house to help her with her dog. And so I went to, you know, knowing how peaceful at least it was for Haley, my dog, And being able to be at home, I wanted to share, you know, that experience and be able to be there for someone else. And then it kind of snowballed before my eyes, you know, people just word of mouth, asking me to go help their pets. And I just felt like, wow, talk about the timing of things. And I was very scared also, because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was again, a young veterinarian, I had always had colleagues. But I every time I would try to kind of brush off the idea of no, 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 I can't just start a service and be on my own. And I I felt like Haley in spirit was pushing me and say, Hey, you know, you've done this for me, go help others. This is really your life calling, like you've got to go help others. So finally, again, the demand was there. And I, I felt like, okay, well, truly, I have to surrender to the higher forces, because it's keeps coming back, like more animals are calling me and people are needing me. So I just made peace with myself and Haley and said okay well if you're there please make this go well please help me and i'm doing this from my heart and i want to help so i'll do the best i can and let's go you know so um i got the paperwork insurance everything and then tried my best to help and fast forward you know it, it, about 10 years into it um it's become i'm working 7 days a week um i love what i do my phone's ringing off the hook. Um it's always kind of your own call because you never know who's gonna need help and often it's a last minute deal. Um, and if i I can't take a day off because I've been following up with some people and I've told them, well, call me when your pet is ready and if it's not today, it might be tomorrow. So I can't take a day off. It's just impossible because then they're gonna need me when I'm taking my day off and how am I supposed to relax and enjoy my day off when I'm worried about all these animals that I know are, near the time of needing me um so meanwhile um i'm driving all over town we're talking like an hour north an hour south of my house an hour east west i have to go back and forth throughout the day about 10 euthanasias a day i'm starting to lose feelings in my hands i know i have so much adrenaline rushing and and you know and it it's it's stress but it's good stress you know it's loving I want to be there for them. But at some point I'm okay. I'm realizing that my body is giving out. Like, I know I can't do this for much longer. And this is way back in the days before in-home euthanasia was a thing, you know? So there was nobody else really. You were like the first one in your area that was. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I know I'm exhausted Um, I got pulled over once and the cop just wanted to make sure I was not driving drunk because I was falling asleep. And I said, oh, my God, like, I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to get home. Um, I ultimately I scared myself and almost getting into two car accidents. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is this life chapter is ending. And that was another big life lesson. Life is like a book and the chapters will end no matter what you, if you want them to or not, they will end. And all you can do is decide how they will end, you know? So my options were, well, this is gonna kill me. Either I'm gonna die of a car accident or I'm gonna get really sick. So I won't be able to help anyway. Um, Or then I have my dear husband um, on the other end trying to convince me to save me and save our family. And we had rescued a few animals along the years. I started feeling major guilt also for not being there for them, not being there for my husband, the ones who loves me the most. Um, So my husband made it really easy on me. He says, well, I'm going to move to Florida no matter what you do. So (laughs) you have the options (laughs) of coming with me. Let's start over. Let's have a fresh start. We have more dreams we want to accomplish. Or you stay here and you work until you die. So ultimately, like, <laughs> it brings me back to that moment. It was uh, six years ago to the day. Like, uh, tomorrow, we were starting our drive to Florida six years ago. Okay, So, so, uh,
0: so let me stop you a second, because I <laughs> want to make sure I got this all straight. So let's go back to, um, you know, you, you go to veterinary school in Canada, right? Yep. In, in Montreal. Yep. And that was, you graduated in 2001 yep. and then you worked in Canada
1: for a time, like at a practice or? Uh, no, when I graduated, uh, I did an internship in Michigan. So I was matched the, through the matching program. Yes. Here at yep. um, Michigan Veterinary Specialist, right? I remember yep. you telling me that.
0: Okay. Yep. So you had an internship. I just want to make sure I get the timeline right.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm,
0: um, I'm listening to this story for the first time too. <laughs>
1: So met my husband in New York because I had, one of my dreams was to visit New York City. So I I uh, found a job where I worked just the time of of meeting my my husband. Honestly, like when you talk about oh wow our paths just crossed like wow this was amazing that he was there that I was there. Um, Haley was there. Haley was his dog, and at first um, oh okay first so that's where Haley me. came into
0: the picture when you <laughs> met your husband in New York.
1: Yeah, okay. and at first Haley did not like me. Like she could smell the veterinarian. Like she did not trust me. <laughs> but it didn't take long that okay, she knew I was a, uh, I was I was good. I was mama material. Okay. So um, <laughs> and then we all moved to Arizona. Arizona. And, okay. Um, we were there until 2016. Yeah.
0: Okay, and so the euthanasia <laughs> business came about in Arizona.
1: Yep, that was uh yeah. So 2011, when, when So how yeah, old was Haley? She was about fourteen. She was 14. a rescue, so we. Uh, she sure. lived uh, yeah. She lived a full life. She was uh, definitely. And how old was she when you met her? Uh, so that was in uh, in two thousand three. Okay. Uh, yeah, when I met my husband. So she okay. was uh, middle age, and then she yeah. came with the husband. He came with the husband and they, uh, yeah, they both welcomed me into the family. And then uh, we started uh, accumulating the animals, just finding us, you know, we've never had to look for someone. They've just uh, showed up. We've had a lot of uh, bunnies and chickens that we rescued and cats, dogs. And um, now there's a potbelly pig that Florida brought me a potbelly pig. Um, So it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. (laughs) So when you went to
0: Arizona, did you work in a practice then for a while before the euthanasia thing kind of took? Yeah, I worked
1: in a practice. I helped in humane societies. I've always loved, one of my dreams was to be a missionary, you know, go save the world, go to Africa. And um, so I've always loved to work in shelters. So part time, you know, I've always helped, um, did some volunteering also for uh, rescue groups. And Um, yeah, it's, it's been animals have been my passions. Uh, My husband and I decided a long time ago, we were not going to go the human children route. So we are fully invested in the, the furry friends. And (laughs) so did
0: you feel like when you were in Arizona, working in a practice before you started um, your euthanasia business, did you feel like the profession was a good fit for you? Did you feel comfortable there? Did you feel stressed out by it? Like, what was your experience in practice versus when you decided that, um you know, getting this euthanasia thing going was kind of didn't, you didn't really decide it kind of, it kind of started for you, right?
1: Yeah, it, it chose me, which I was, I was very grateful, although I do have many passions. And um so working at the hospital, you know, it, I've worked in a, quite a few hospitals. I've done some relief works too. And so I've experienced many environments. And ultimately, that's to me what it boils down to is um, being able to be you as a veterinarian without the pressure of someone saying, well, you, you must do this. Or So for example, I mean, I've grown also over the years, but um, I used to declaw cats because it was the thing. And actually the first time, and I remember, it was this was in my job in Arizona. The first time I told my boss, I'm not declawing this cat. Um, And this kitten, I was helping at the Humane Society and I had spayed her at the Humane Society. And I know, you know, she was found in the ditch. She survived, you know, against all odds. So this kitten was really precious to me. So I spayed her at the Humane Society. And then when I saw her at my regular practice, when the owners just came in and said, hey, we were just here to have her declawed. And my heart just sank. And I'm like, no, like my mama bear instinct kicked in and I'm like, nobody is declining this cat. So I spoke with my boss and of course, I felt like I could lose my job. And he, he was the greatest boss, but of course it challenged him also because ultimately he didn't want to lose customers, you know? And that was also back in the days, many years ago when we were just starting about the, oh, the harm and decline. But luckily he said, okay, you know, sounds good. Um, I spoke with the owners at length and they are still thanking me, you know, many years after they've thanked me, oh, you know, that was a good, a good decision. Thank you. And then it snowballed into the whole practice top declining, and now to what it is today. So I've learned that this to keep me happy, I have to check in with myself and always ask myself, well, what kind of vet I am, uh, am I? Uh, so, I, I don't crop uh, tails. I don't remove dew claws for no medical reason. Uh, I don't do the ears, you know, dog the tails, crop the ears, all that. That's, I just can't stand it. It's so unfair. I find, you know, in my heart to the animals, it's just for looks. You know, I just want us to do real medicine. Um, so, uh, but this, it, it, but I have also a um, very active mind that I need to. Feed my soul from many angles, so I've never been one to settle with one job. You know, um, except for the in-home service that was my full-time only job for the few years. But then I, but then the universe or life, you know, again the chapter ended, and it was I needed to to keep fulfilling my needs with my other passion. So I can tell you how I recycled myself. You know, now that we've finally. Made the move and ultimately, so firing myself from yeah, this you said that to me that, when I first met you, um, but
0: I fired myself,
1: and I said, was, Well, that's
0: really interesting. I love that. I you love know, that. Uh, and way you of realize
1: sometimes you have to, nobody else will save you, and you realize that again, the chapter is going to end and you can choose how it's going to end. So uh, I'm like, Okay, this is it. Um, yeah, I'm just. Shutting down my phone, packing up, and we moved to uh, Florida with uh, three chickens, a bunny, two cats, two dogs—the <laughs> whole caravan. So you
0: drove from husband. Arizona to Florida with chickens in your car?
1: Yes, and it was actually February, so it was getting hot. Oh, no. We did it in three days. We it it was they rocked it like they, they were so awesome. I mean, they're pets, you know. It's they were hilarious. so awesome, the chickens and we made sure, you know, it it was cold enough. Like we, we, we did great, but we just like, okay, we're driving nonstop. We need to get them to, you know, safety. But anyway, it was, uh, I, I was re I was, it it was a rebirth, you know, you feel like, okay, your soul is dying. And again, you don't know what's coming next. And this amazing experience has also taught me to trust the unknown. um, Because when, when we got to Florida, we had bought a small uh, farm. It was like four acres. There was an old barn on there. And one of my childhood dream had been to rescue a horse, but there was never any time for that. And um, so we get to Florida and my first conversation with my new neighbor, she just tells me, OK, so you're ready for your horse because I know who he is. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, I can't believe this is happening now. Like the time is finally here. And then when you look back and you connect the dots you know I'm like wow thank god I was able like this is my gift this is my present from the gods you know that's a good job for saving yourself uh, trusting to just trusting the unknown that something's going to work out you know my husband had pretty much made me sign a contract of not working for 6 months like you're not allowed to look for any job <laughs> you're just going to relax enjoy life we're going to start fresh be together, reconnect, you know, enjoy beautiful Florida. We got we bought ourselves a, a pedal kayak for two people like a tandem. It's like a canoe but with pedal kayaks. It's the coolest thing. We put the dogs in there and we go kayaking around um by the in the ocean, you know, in um so it's just been yeah, rebirth and then this horse, my childhood dream horse, honestly, um just looking amazing and so his story was he was also um he was also like kind of just forgotten about he used to compete and then he was in his early 20s and the people cared for him a great deal but they didn't have time for him and they had younger horses so this horse was just left uh to you know he had really bad thrush you know he was just unkept you know just badly um yeah forgotten about so when him and i met um we just um started healing together you know i healed his feet i healed his spirit Um, We had a pond on the property that he could go from the barn to the pond to the couple acres to graze. And he would just go swim every day and eat, uh, dunk his head deep and eat pond salad, we would call it. And he just revived. Also, he became a horse, you know, the horse that nature made him to be. So I never asked him to do anything. Like I, I, I climbed bareback on him a few times and I knew it was just not us. Like we just had to he was a big dog. I would just hang out with him in the field, and he would just be. and he taught me to just be also, and my so my my healed, you know, my feelings uh, and my fingers came back. And I was able to just, again, relax and focus on me. We're so good at giving to our patients. yeah you know, we we would give our lives. Veterinarians are amazingly generous. and we forget about ourselves. We're just so bad to ourselves. and so, I'm very grateful because honestly, i I thought it could have been the end for me. It was so close to I was just not able to make that decision to save me. So um, yeah, so-, so tell
0: me a little bit about that, that whole mental struggle that you went through in Arizona to to go ahead and fire yourself. Like what was that what was the mental back and forth that you were going through? Because if someone out there is struggling with a hard decision, whether to change practices or go part time, you know, there's all these hard decisions that we make as veterinarians. What was that struggle like?
1: So again, so you know, I- my my husband's uh, famous words were, um, you know, if you get sick, you can't help anybody, so you need to focus on yourself first. Um, there's other veterinarians; you're not the only one who can go help them if you're but not you there. Were feel-
0: you were feeling physical symptoms first which you yeah, didn't really I, realize were coming from the stress of your job.
1: Yeah. It was like a chronic, you know, little by little. And I knew I had so much cortisol rushing, you know, cause I was again on call all the time and I I loved it, but I knew I was running out of energy. I had, I, I was running out of steam. I had nothing left. I could barely sleep because I, I mean, and thank God cause I've known veterinarians who would leave on and keep their phone on, you know, throughout the night. Right. And I had at least that one hard rule with myself of, okay, my hours are eight to eight, although it was more like six to 10 or 11, <laughs> but at least I would eventually turn off my phone and say, okay, I'm, I'm in my bed and I must sleep. But it was the guilt of not being there. Be, you know, you realize how strong your maternal instinct is. And I think as veterinarians, We have a super strong maternal instinct, and that's one of the reasons. Like my husband and I, when we're talking about human children, I I was telling him like I just don't think I could handle this. Like they could not go to public school; I would be so worried about them. Like the world is so crazy, I just would worry sick. Like I could just not let go. And I've realized that this is how I am with my patients. Like I get so invested emotionally because I want them to do well. Um, You you bond with their families, and you you cherish you know the you just want everything to go well and you want to be there for them to give them love, even if it's just a hug. Like, it's so powerful. People just knowing that that their veterinarian is there to just, to, they love them, you know, they, they they're there to hold their hands. Like, you don't have to say anything. You just, people are just going to sob at peace with you. And you're just there going through this terrible loss with them. So I was, I just could not tear myself from this. I'm like, Oh, I'm a horrible person for just bailing out on them. You know?
0: Yeah. So you were living under that pressure that you always had to be there for everyone. And, and I liked
1: it too. You know, like I liked it. I loved it. it. Yeah. I, and then, and and then my dad is, who's also very to the point. And uh, he's like, Hey, you know, what are we going to do with all your money? When you're dead, we're going to decorate <laughs> your coffin. Like, what's the point of this? So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this for the money. You know, I'm really, I care. But I'm like, yeah, where am I going to enjoy life? And uh, so they've really uh, worked on me. And finally, again, my animals. So I felt the guilt. Um, I started really, because our animals were getting older. And I really felt the guilt of not being there for them. For your own and pets. I started, so yeah. you were
0: there for the clients and all their pets. But for your own, you were lacking. Kind of like yeah. what we do with our
1: families. And- yeah. 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 And that became to the forefront, like that became my biggest fear of, oh, my God, one of my animals going to die on me and I'm going to never get over it. Like I'll never forgive myself for not giving them the attention that they deserve. And that was ultimately that made me push through the okay, it's us. It's me. It's not being selfish. It's really self. It's survival at this point. And I need to, I deserve it. And I, of course I knew that I, I deserved some time off, but you know, it's so hard to just, yeah, it's hard to care so much. And you have to say, yes, I'm going to care for me as much as I've been giving all these years. Okay, let's have some fun. So we finally moved uh, packing mode. Here we are in Florida, enjoying life. And then dreams, okay, re. then you, I felt like, I was, again, just like I almost died and now I'm back on this earth with a second chance. What do I want to do with myself, you know? Um, So like I said, um, I had always uh, wanted to be a missionary, go to Africa. And of course, I had made peace with the fact that, okay, I'm not going to do that. It's dangerous um, to go overseas and I'm a female. And um, so we're in Florida and we start hearing Roaring in our backyard from a distance, and I'm like, "Wow, what is that?" And then we hear that there is a wild, re, a wild sanctuary ten minutes down the road from my house, <laughs> and they rescue lions and tigers. And oh my god! So I go over there and introduce myself, and so now I've been helping them. Uh, you know, that's my missionary work. You didn't so, have to
0: go to Africa; it was right in no, your backyard.
1: Africa came to me, and this is what this was another. Amazing manifestation in my life of, you know, if you follow your heart, if you take care of yourself, okay, things, good things will happen. You have to stay in balance. And balance has been the key word um, balance in your body, balance in your soul and your heart, feeding you know your mind and everything that it needs, feeding your being. So um I just can't even believe it, you know, um, so I still do some in home. Euthanasias because I love it. Um, but I don't advertise. I try to keep it local. I don't drive an hour. And there is other veterinarians, luckily now, so I can really just do my little piece as a little human and just know that we're doing this as a team. and that's okay. Um, when I'm home, I'm fully home. And other interesting thing, again, that uh, property that we live on, we when we drove by to go see it, we, happened to drive by a small animal veterinary hospital that I could literally walk to. So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. So I work there part time because I need that too. It fulfills me. I like to do some surgeries. and um, everything has come together really, where it's it's suiting me, who I am, and I'm wow, I'm very colorful. i I need to have many different projects and help in different ways. And that seems, and I've I've been doing some relief at the ER like a couple of days a month only just to really get my adrenaline rushing because it's I like to be there in time of crisis. But that's it, you know? So a little bit of everything and that's been working out, yeah. Yeah, so
0: tell me what you think about the word balance. And like in your case, it was getting rid of the business. So because it was sucking you dry and then, you know, thanks to your husband and your father helping you see the light moving to Florida. But now you talk about being balanced, but you're still doing a lot of things, right? You're still going to the emergency clinic. You're going to the wildlife park. You're doing your home euthanasia. It's like, what does a balance feel like to you and how would you recommend people try to create it for themselves? Cause it means something different to all of us. I think.
1: Yes. So for me, um, although I do all these things I've listed, it might, uh, I still have, let's say, two to three full days off a week if you put it all together, you know, sometimes it will be like one euthanasia a day. So I have the rest of the day to lay in my backyard on the grass with the dogs and, and the pig because now yeah, the potbelly pig just joined us after <laughs> What's the, the pig's name. <laughs> Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> I love it. So I spend a lot of time outside just enjoying being alive. And, you know, when people say, oh, do you meditate? Like, what is meditation? So to me, that word sounds really boring. If you think of it as you're stuck between four walls with candles and music and and your my mind would just go like crazy, just like, I can't relax this way. So what I do to, read, to to become Zen is just to be outside again. I just I walk around. So grounding There's been a lot of uh, scientific studies showing the health benefits of grounding. And what grounding is, is basically walking barefoot or in socks, you know, if it's little chilly Florida winter. Um, But if you can feel or thin shoes with uh, thin soles, so you can feel the earth and that's really the benefit from it. And it's it's crazy. You know, they say you have so many uh, nerve endings under your feet. Uh, children develop their brains by walking barefoot. Like it's the body is an amazing machine. So um, I'm very interested in holistic medicine. My mom was a naturopath. My you know my whole life I've known my mom as a naturopath. So she had always these alternative ways of healing. So I'm very interested into those things. Um, I ended up writing the my two books. So one was ten years ago, and then the second one was just last year to really, and this is my legacy, like I just, again, feeling now with um, living my life with, hey, I don't know ultimately when it's going to end, although I'm trying to be balanced, you know, there's going to be a time when my turn will come. So I wanted to put everything in, in two books, um, different things that I've learned, animal teachings and animal teachings too. That's the title because animals are the best teachers. So truly um, what I've learned and how hopefully I can help others not go through the same battle and get end the life chapter faster and, uh, really make better decisions. So, um, but I spend a lot of time having fun and really being like the animals are just goofing around, not thinking about tomorrow, not thinking about yesterday, trying to focus on the now and shutting off the brain and really letting my heart lead the way and say, okay, what more do I want to do in this life? You know, how do I want to help? Um, and really, um, just living to the fullest and being the best version of myself to me, that's balance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when you started to feel more balanced, then did your body, it came back like you, you felt more
1: healthy. You, oh, f- yeah.
0: you lost the tingling or the, the, yeah, the loss or of feeling. That you were that yeah. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, I was actually, I was at my sickest when I did my internship when I was uh, 21, 22 years old that was the sickest time of my life. And that's when I started realizing the impact of the stress on the body or the lack of balance. And again, with my mom, you know, being very interested in in the field and one of the pioneers and hey, if you're holding so so much negativity or anger, or uh, if you're not fulfilled, then your body is all linked to that. Then you're, if you're feeling toxic inside then your body's gonna shut down, you know? So when I did my internship, In Michigan, I was sleep deprived much more even than my euthanasia service, you know, but it was different. The euthanasia service was chronic over many years. Yeah, the the internship internship was was concentrated, yeah. So I was, and I had so much adrenaline rushing because I was new at the job. So I had, I was constantly reading. We were basically the half the year was emergency um, or, or during the night. And my body can't sleep uh, during the day. You know, I'm not one that do well working at night and sleeping during the day. So that was really hard on me. So I started breaking out in hives at the end of every emergency shift. Like when my body would finally relax, I would just swell up like a tomato. Like it got worse. It started slowly. It got worse. Then I became allergic to my tears. And my eyes, I had to take two days off. So at the end of my internship, that year needed to end because that, that was also like near death experience. Um, the two twice. So I had to take, I couldn't go to work because I had cried during the night. Like I was so done mentally that my eyelids had swelled up like balloons and I could not open my eyes. So, you know, like talk about it's crazy what we can do to herself how we can strive, yeah, but also how we can heal. So it took about it took about a year. So when I finished my internship, I worked in a private practice, but it was just super relaxed. Um, there was still some specialists there. i It was the perfect job for me to regroup and get back on my feet, and that's when I met my husband, so I had uh, a lot of time to spend meeting him. And so it was really it healed me from my internship. So it took about a year to stop breaking out completely. Um, and now I can cry at peace, no swelling. <laughs> so it, but that fascinating? it's fascinating. It really but it's
0: is. I like, I've been through, um, you know, I always call myself a warrior, but I think it, you know, the, the more recent word is anxiety and it really does it manifest in your body. Yeah.
1: Very, very much. So. And animals, so, you know, you see it in animals and one of the most amazing things that I've realized, you know, being at home with people um, often, so because when you're laying on the living room floor or hiding in the closet with the animal and the family, you start talking about everything, you know, and people start talking about how their pet uh, told them that it was time to let them go. They gave them a look. They had a dream uh, premonition, which I've had to. Um, my horse was my hardest euthanasia and thank God he had come in my dream the night before. And he, we were both in my dreams. We were both flying in heaven. He had turned completely white. He had gorgeous wings. I was hanging onto his neck and we were just galloping in heaven and he was young and vibrant. You know, he was perfect. And when I woke up and I went to the barn and, um, he had founders and uh, he had chronic pain we had managed it but that morning he was done and but it's so hard it's so hard because beside his feet you know he was perfect he was healthy so that decision was so hard for me i needed him to say yes help me i needed that boost you know and so again talking to a lot of families that's what i share in my books you know how do we make the decisions And really, in school, we learn to use our brain, and it's like mathematical calculations, but bodies are not cars. They're so much more intricate. And the timing of death, you know, I've realized how often it happens on the birthday of the animal. And this was a study done in people also that were more at risk of dying on our birthday. And I thought it was fascinating because it's the cycle of life. Yeah. Yeah you know, you're born on a certain day, well, your time is up. And it, it makes sense that, okay, cycle is ending. Um, So all those fascinating teachings, um, I could just couldn't, I couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, so animals will also share often the same diseases as their people. You know, you, you tell someone, well, your pet has back problems. Oh, me too. I'm on this and that medication. Or your pet has heart disease. Oh yeah, me too. And I'm like, wow, this is like, it started just popping up very early in my career. I had that realization and like, wow, this is fascinating. I want to know more about it. And then when you realize that emotions and stress, and if you're not living on purpose, if you're off your, your life path, you know, if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, you'll end up in car accidents or a disease. And then your animals, they're little sponges. So they they swim in all those negativities. So. And then we can heal by becoming more Zen. And then our animals also will become more Zen because they're, feel they're you're feeding their bodies by being so uh, at peace with yourself. And again, balance and animals follow that path. So it's been amazing, the teachings from the animals. So um, that's how I ended up writing both books and wanting to, to share with others and say, hey, there is more, you know, um, it's, we need to have this conversation so we can all be at our best.
0: Yeah. And and, in your books, is that is that basically what you're teaching is to listen to the animals or run your life more like an animal does? Like, what is the (laughs) the premise, you know, because I always think animals live in the moment. So if I could just imitate what my dogs do, I probably would be a much easier going, better human. Is that kind of the premise of the books?
1: Yes. You touched on it there is a lot i mean i have you know they're not that thick but still i had two you know good sized books that might be take a few days each to read from top to bottom but um i talk about my journey also because sometimes there is many angles to being balanced and being fulfilled and living our best life so i wanted to touch on all of them uh, so how better dying and better living so i talk a lot about the euthanasia process how we can Help our fa- you know the families um, and their pets and and often, like unfortunately, it, we can't plan a u- much euthanasia with two weeks' notice. You know, most euthanasias are last minute because that's when it becomes clear. Um so listening to our animals. And also, I talk about treating treating the body as a whole, treating the patient as a whole, I should say, and not just the disease, not just the physical body. Because if you take you know, 20 animals or 20 people that are battling the same physical disease, they're all very unique individuals. So treatment will change. So I really focus on uh, tailoring the treatment for each patient based on their personality, their lifestyle, what, what makes sense for the family. Um, are we at the end of, uh, of, of life or are we? should we go to surgery and and really listening to our gut feeling also, because we, in our heart, you know, not just being in our brain, because we are getting signals from other areas. And often, you know, people and animals, unfortunately, will die from easy, simple surgery, like, and we can't control everything. So anytime, like, I have a client who's telling me, oh, he can't die, right? Like, it's just a neuter. Like, oh, let's talk about this. You know, don't jinx me. And, you yeah. know, like, you'll, <laughs> you'll just. You'll dispense Clavamox to an animal and he's the one that's going to vomit because the owners were so worried about it. Like there is so much more going on on an energy level that anytime I feel any kind of blockage of energy, like, Oh, this is not going to end well. You know, let's talk about this at length. Um, So people, so we all become on the same page and extremes are never good. You know? So if somebody is just like, so, gung-ho and like okay let's readjust let's readjust here so we're working as a team together for the animals and that has helped solve a lot of conflicts also prevent a lot of mistakes and conflicts too when we're open honest and if you feel terrible about something or even a surgery for yourself if you just have the worst feeling about oh my god like i can't go to this colonoscopy or this is you know like um you just know that you'll be jinxed. Like, for example, you know, like when I turned 40, um, I go to the OBGYN. What like the best gift at 40 is to get a mammogram prescription? I'm like, oh my <laughs> right. god.
0: Oh, welcome oh. to your 40s. Have a mammogram.
1: <laughs> I'm not there. I'm no, I'm not there. So anyway, I did not see this coming either. I was not prepared. And then I start reading about mammograms and you know how they can be false positive and And I'm so not, like, I'm not feeling this right now. Like, this is not for me right now. And I just know that if I go reluctantly, it's gonna, I'm gonna have a false positive and it's gonna open a big can of worm. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna not think about this right now. I'll revisit when I'm 45, but right now I'm not feeling this, this is me. Like I, but again, like other, so whatever works for you might not work for me. So everyone has to really listen to themselves. So doctors are great. And I say that about us too. You know, I like don't take all my words. I tell my, my families, I need your input. I don't know everything about your pet and this is my option that I can offer, but let's talk about them and let's make sure we pick the right one that works for you that I know will be the best, will give us the best outcome. So, so,
0: so the point there is, 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 just because it's the correct thing medically to do for mm-hmm. a patient it may not necessarily be the correct thing to do for the client. Like your doctor wants you to get a mammogram. You don't feel like that's for you right now. So, you know, hopefully your doctor will be okay with that. And, and I would encourage you to get your mammogram. It's not that big of a deal (laughs) because I've had a few, so it's no big deal. Um, And it's, it's a good thing to do, but Mm -hmm. um, that being said, it's your body. Right. So is, is that kind of what you mean? Like offering a, a treatment for the patient and the client that fits within their value system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you, if you take, for example, let's say cancer, Uh, let's say a dog has like a a tumor, like on the skin, for example, Um, the dog does not know anything about it. Um, So the, the options will be go to surgery, remove it or do nothing. Um, so of course there is a risk if you go to surgery and the pet dies well then you wish you did not remove it you know Um, so we know that even though we calculate you know we're as safe as possible with surgery I mean there is still a risk with any surgery so that's really the bottom line is um, making the decisions and you know for like another example when I got out of school I was taught if you have a DKA patient, you know, a diabetic that has ketones in his urine, you must hospitalize him. That was the teachings that I received when I got out of school. So my first DKA patient is this happy-go-lucky eating um, little Bijan, and he came in for PUPD. So yes, he was diabetic, and he had, so I did blood work, analysis. I see ketones in his urine, and I'm like, okay, I'm very conflicted right now, because this dog is eating, feeling great. I don't see myself hospitalizing him to regulate him, stress him out in the hospital. So this was actually one of my first conflict when I dared going off the book. And he did fine. You know, he just like got rid of his ketones at home. So that opened my mind to, yes, there is more. School is not everything. Uh, the books, you know, we we don't, ultimately we we create recipes that work for most patients but not for everybody most exactly that's the statistics right exactly um but as a patient I'm a very weird one I have allergies to Zyrtec um I can only take Benadryl so I'm a weird patient so I know I don't I've never fit the statistics I've never you know yeah I've never been part of okay the majority that's been my identity as a child you know, if something odd's going to happen, it's going to be me. So being aware of that, and that's what I told my doctor. I'm like, I do respect everything. Just tell me what you must tell me, and then I I just need to protect myself because if something's going to go wrong, it's going to be me. So I need to I need to protect myself so I don't die of something that I wish I you know that's going to be my biggest regret is if I end up sick when um, I could have avoided it. Yeah. But
0: since you've changed your circumstances and your mindset about your life, that has changed your health, it sounds like.
1: Yes. But because but I still like I know I I have I've always had allergies to most antibiotics. um, So I can't take the risk of getting a vaccine of any kind like that to me. It speaks so clearly to my heart. That, if I were to cave in for the greater good for being part of the majority, um, ultimately, if if something go wrong, which again, I feel like I would probably have a reaction just because I have a reaction to Zyrtec and um i I would be my biggest failure in life, like failing my own self, yeah, so when and and again, everyone, we all have different uh, different perception, but also we're built differently. And we have different personalities and that affects our body, how it flows, you know? Yeah. Um, And being okay with that. Yeah. Being okay that you're different, being
0: okay that, you know, that you may have a different need
1: or a different want in life. And, you know, you're the only person that you'll be with your whole life. So when I realized that, because believe me, I have wanted to be anybody else for the longest time you know like let me just fit in. it always looks
0: easier right you look at someone else and you're like well i want their life how come it's so easy yeah but we really don't know what's going on we really don't know the the gist of it on the on the
1: under underside no and and ultimately i finally realized okay i i'm stuck with me so (laughs) let's let's i'll try to be the best version of me and i think um you can't please everybody either so um some people might think I'm too happy. It, it bugs them. My, my roommate told me that once. Oh, you're just too happy. It bugs me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, well, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to bring joy in your life. Like Anyway, I, I do the best I can uh, to ease my own pain and ease others' pain because living in this crazy world is very hard. And I understand everybody who's wanted to just check out. Because it's um, it's terrible when you see what we do to some of the animals. My pot belly pig has helped me heal a lot. Um, I've become vegan through this whole life <laughs> journey. Um, I just felt like uh, I just don't want to eat animals. Like I, I love them; they're my friends. I don't need uh, to eat them. Let me in, let me investigate. Let me discover what else there is out there, like a, a different way to live. Um, My body does really well with, with eating a lot of fruits, veggies, like my, my intestinal tract works well. And I see other people that if they try to eat as much fruits or veggies, it just doesn't work well for them. You know, their body is just not happy with that. So um, that's great, you know, do what, what's best for you. Um, But for me, I, and like I said, I have a, a big maternal instinct. And it's be, it, ha, it had become unbearable to feel the pain of the world and feel the pain of what the animals go through. So I felt like, OK, for me, before I die, I need to clean up my life on so many things as much as as many things as I can so I can be at peace with me. Um, so and then ultimately, that's like, OK, loose pot belly pig just shows up. And I get to spoil this one pig who's got the best life and I take him to the beach and it's helping me heal to give a pig a great life. I and he's also touching other people's lives. Um, and it's very beautiful to watch because when people on the beach come, which I, I did not see it coming, which, you know, I was completely full. Like, how would you be able to go to the beach and not think people will just, you know, a mob would come when and you have a pig. Yeah, I, like, I didn't leash. even trust my mind. I'm like, i what is he's at a, on a harness or a leash or something, yeah. right? And he sits, like, he's so smart. He sits Aww. and I just bring food and people feed him. And then people all, all by themselves, just by watching Wilbur being so happy and sweet, then they say, oh my God, I can never eat bacon again. Or I, I need to be careful. Um, maybe I will have my own little farm, you know? And I have a few friends who are able to raise their own animals, give them names, give them the best life they can. And then they are able to eat them, you know, slaughter them and eat them like, well, more power to you. I I do respect the indigenous tribes, you know, living in harmony with our world. Um, that's the goal right there. So whatever that means to you, um, I find peace with yourself and who you are. Yeah, that's really it, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I, I
0: always I always have told my kids and my husband that I would like to have um, property because I just think that sounds great to have a few chickens and a pig and, you know, like I've always lived in the suburbs, so I haven't been able to do that. So you're inspiring me to make sure that happens in my life.
1: And, you know, all life. of one of the biggest lessons from all of them, because when you're telling me like, oh, I wonder how it is. Well, I can tell you how it is because I've had them all in the chickens and they're all, they they have no problem taking care of themselves. Like their own, you know, like it's hard for veterinarians especially to to be selfish and it's not selfish, it's self-care, but we give, we give and all my animals, you know, I wake up in the morning and they are demanding, okay, food for me. Like, so they've always taught me it's about you, like take care of yourself because I'm taking, care of, I'm taking care of me. When I step outside, the chickens are going, the rabbits, the, the horse is thumping like, hey, food now. It's about me. And, you know, the pigs doing the same thing now. And it's so it's always been a good reminder. Don't forget about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really good way to look at it is if they can
0: demand attention. So can you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We deserve it. Yeah. So.
0: um <laughs> We talked a little bit about um, some of, of the things that you've been writing about. You also um, are a speaker, um, you've told me, so you do, some, you do some speaking engagements. And then you also told me that you have some quotes that you really like to live by. So do you wanna kind of maybe go through a few of those and if we haven't already covered them, maybe cover them? Cause maybe Absolutely. that'll help people. Cause I'm a really big fan of quotes. Like I, on my podcast, I always end with some quote that I looked up. I love reading books where they give you quotes. I'm very much into slogans. I have them hanging on my desk, like little ones that I like to kind of motivate me. So what are some of your favorites?
1: So uh, quotes are powerful because we we have to tame our mind. You know, we're our worst enemy and we're always yeah. trying to be so harsh on ourselves. So trying to repeat those positive quotes to re, um, uh, re, uh, retrain your mind to be kind to yourself. So yes. tame your, yeah. Tame your mind is one of my quotes too. Tame your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I call,
0: I call the little negative brain back here, my chihuahua
1: brain. Because
0: it reminds me of those little dogs that are terrified and they're constantly on the defense.
1: And so when I,
0: when mine starts spinning, that's kind of what it reminds me of. So I like that tame, tame your brain. Is that
1: how you say it? Yeah. You could tame your brain, tame your mind, just don't let it go crazy on you. Um, So then uh, balance is the key to prevent illnesses and accidents. Balance is the key to life. Yeah, that's a powerful one. I always try to make sure I spend enough time doing everything. And one of those things is doing nothing. So make sure you do nothing for a lot of period of time. That's balance. Live a life true to who you are. Don't be afraid to follow your heart um, in your life, in your personal life, and also in your professional life. Feed your mind, feed your soul. Find a food that feeds your, your you because you might be a painter and you never paint that's not good you know that will lead to and that's disease. part of the
0: balance right is, yeah. is knowing yeah. what you love and then doing those things
1: yeah um learning is fun I love I love learning and oh, so um, do I
0: isn't that you know is, if you could just encourage people to do to learn something every day I yeah. think that it's so powerful
1: and again, it's a balance. You know, when you're in vet school, that's overdose of learning. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's an
1: understatement. <laughs> as we go through life, I'm always so fascinated by new diseases, new ways to heal, new animals. You know, when I help the wildlife sanctuary and they have um, this uh, um, African porcupine, that's you know huge and I'm like oh my god I don't know anything about porcupine and then mm-hmm. I realized oh okay it's just a big rat same family <laughs> it's a rat underneath I've, all
0: those quills
1: <laughs> yeah and so I've I've I have quite a few kind of a bit of experience with rats um because I've helped Petco's pets and I I've had clients who would rescue the the feeder rats at feeder Petco rats, and then do yeah. it. Rats are pets. good pets. I love rats mm-hmm. I love rats so anyway so like you know when I When I realize, oh, where do I go in my brain? What knowledge do I have? How can I apply it to helping a bear? Um, Because I'd never helped a bear before. Well, bears are very close to dogs, it turns out. So, okay, I can help, you know. Uh, So learning is fun. Um, Seize the day and live your dreams. You might die tomorrow, so live today to the fullest. Clean up your life often. Clean it up like it's a dirty room. Reorganize things, uh, old friends that are taking you down, that are making you upset, get rid of old friends, family members who are just, again, causing anger. If they're not good for you, if they're not supporting who you are, get rid of them. Um, if you're looking at an old coffee table that reminds you of your ex, get rid of it. Um, <laughs> someone's trash is someone else's treasure, so recycle, give stuff around. Um, So I like that clean up your life often.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that goes for, you know, you're talking about clean up your life as far as physical surroundings and people, but also the work on yourself and your brain. So if your brain is really overwhelmed with toxic thoughts and there's a lot of stuff going on, cleaning up that I think is, is part of clean, clean up your life.
1: Yep. Yeah. Life is simple. Simplicity. And, you know, animals love simplicity. I love simplicity. So I try to always go back when I'm getting off track. All right. What's simple here? Let's go back to simple. And that's usually the answer. Um, let's uh, so trust the unknown. Let the life chapters end and be excited about what's coming next, even though you have no clue what's coming next. Trust the unknown. Follow follow the flow. If you're not feeling good about the situation you're in, close that door. Another one will open. Trust the unknown. Um, Turn pain into action. So that's been one. Again, when I became vegan, wanting to save the world, help all the animals, I was, okay, how much pain am I in right now? Um, What can I do to heal the pain? Take action. So volunteering. Volunteering. Uh, again, the pig helps me a ton because I go play with them. I take him to the beach and it's my therapy. I see a happy animal, um, spoiling, you know, spoiling any animals, giving love to people. Uh, When I see a homeless person on the street, like I have to go talk to them, giving a little love to them. Like, oh, it just, it's, it's healing their pain and it's healing my pain of not being able to save the whole world. So anytime you feel pain about anything, if, if it's declining like you want to tell the world to stop declining well take action on that issue whatever cause is dear to your heart fight fight for it you know um raise awareness so that helps that helps so much yeah i love that um your biggest life battle is with yourself yeah that says it all <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that little, that little negative brain that's trying to protect you and keep you safe. And I really like what you say about not fearing the unknown, because that's what holds most of us back from, from living our best life, you know? Well, I don't want to try that because I might fail, or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speak up for an issue that I feel passionate about because somebody might judge me or, you know, there's all of those, those doubts. And you saying that it's okay to just not know what's going to happen and then
1: just go anyway is, is really powerful. Because you know, what's worse than not knowing what's going to happen is knowing that if you don't make a change, it's going to kill you. Yeah. and Or, that's just, what is also, yeah. or just
0: staying stagnant. It's
1: stagnant. So yeah. You're, like that's you're, not a
0: life, you that's know, you not mean, a life. safety is not the goal. Yeah, You know, we all think that staying safe is, is what it's all about. And the, and the pandemic has kind of brought that to light, right? Okay. You can lock yourself in your house, in your basement, and you Mm -hmm. can be totally safe from COVID, but then you have no life and then you're depressed and you don't get to see people. And, you know, like, I really do think that safety should not be the goal. It's more about the experiences
1: and, you know, kind of taking a few chances. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, animals are the best teachers. That's yeah, that's a good um, old one. It's always the, it's always right. Uh, if I, if I don't have the answer, I look at my animals, and they give me the answer to life. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly do.
0: Like they just have, I, I think mine are all both just snoozing back here, my dogs. So <laughs> that's what we all should be doing, right? Just taking a little nap yeah. every day.
1: And my last uh, quote that I like a lot, um, death is inevitable. Death with dignity is a gift. So focusing on quality of death being as important as quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important for
0: us because that's part of our our job. Most of us, if we're okay. in the veterinary profession, is just bringing that dignity to not only the animals, but also their, their
1: humans yeah. that are with them. Um, on my website this was one of my latest uh, therapy um, (laughs) was to create so I put some of these quotes and different ones on t-shirts eco-friendly t-shirts because that's my uh, (laughs) that's dear to my heart so I found online this amazing company that makes shirts with uh, so made of hemp or else made of Really, I call them the dump shirts. They take recycled materials that would have been at the dump, you know, cotton and um, polyester and just like really, um, yeah, trash that nobody like just pieces. And somehow they're able to reprocess them to create new shirts and even plastic. So some of the shirts that I've designed with quotes are made of plastic bottles. And that, oh, like this, seriously? It just gave me one more way to turn my pain into action yeah. and say, hey, there is we're doing this people like there is enough um, mindful, good hearted human beings in this world that we can take care of our planet, take care of all the animals, take care of ourselves. We're doing this. its It, right. it can be done. Yeah, it absolutely can.
0: Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. This has been so much fun. I agree. Thank you so much. Um, It's been great meeting you. Like I'm really, I'm really (laughs) excited that we met because I think there's so much more we can do on all of these topics. Yeah. So before we close, tell um, the people out there where they can find you, if they want to check out your books or check out your t-shirts or just, you know, speak more with you, if they're interested in, in your life's journey and they're feeling some of the things you are feeling and they might get some help from you. Where can they find you?
1: Yep. Uh, my website is com in honor of Haley. Um, dot h a y l e y s a n g e l s dot com. And I would love to hear from anyone out there who is. Having a good life, having a bad life, needing just some support. Um, I do give virtual hugs. I would love to give real hugs. <laughs> I love that. I do too. Yeah, I give free. virtual hugs. That's <laughs> yes, great, you I've never said
0: that, but I would. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: We can help each other, you know, yeah. and inspire each other. Yeah, and, this uh, profession needs us all to be on the same, on the same team, right? Absolutely. And it's the best profession in the world. If you and there is a way, again, to recycle yourself, if you are no longer the vet that you want to be, change job, you know, manage to find the right situation that's going to suit you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And work on your brain. So Mm -hmm. you can be
0: the healthiest person that you can be to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, wherever you are, if you're unhappy, start with working on yourself to make you more happy so you can make the correct choices. Like you did, you know, and and luckily your husband also helped you and gave you an ultimatum.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love him for that. Yeah, he was right. he's always right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You don't want
0: to say that in front of them though, right? <laughs>
1: you don't want him to think they're too powerful.
0: All right. Well, it's been so much fun. I really appreciate it. I've loved talking to you and meeting you. And hopefully, um, maybe we'll do this again one day. We'll come up with some more topics to talk about, and uh, we'll have another podcast.
1: Sounds great. Thank, Thank you, so you so much, much for everything. Joanne, you I really appreciate mm-hmm. it.
0: All right. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week. And if you want to want any help from either one of us, just reach out. We'd be happy to give you a virtual hug. <laughs> Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye, Joanne. Bye.
1: Bye.